Hooray, it's Monday. And you know what that means, don't you? It means it's time for me to talk to you wonderful people about the topic of ghosts. Hooray! Um, so what's new? Well, let me think. Well, Becca's back this week, so that's new, which means immediately after recording this episode, I've got to tidy the house like a whirling dervish, if that's a thing. Um, or is it a dervish? I don't know. Anyway, I've got to do it rather quickly uh, because she's back this week and there's a lot that needs doing. And I mean a lot. It turns out it's not that I'm messy. Do you know what I mean? It's um, But it's more that I leave things. So, like, I'll open a box and I'll leave the box and things like that. It just needs a general tidy. But if anyone's willing to come round and do it, I will pay you handsomely. By the time you say this, it'll be done. So please don't offer. Anyway. What are we going to cover on today's show? Well, of course, all the usual stuff. We're going to thank our wonderful Patreons via the medium of song. Then, of course, we're going to have a paranormal review so that you don't have to review something for yourself because what sort of fool would do that, I ask you? And then we're going to get your true listener paranormal experiences. Hooray, my favourite part of the show. And then we will hopefully have time for a Reddit corner, but just with me, just with little old Kev, with no Becca, because as I say... She's not here yet. She will return, and when she does, by God, I'm going to say, listen here, you owe us Reddit Corners, and I want 101 Dalmatians. No, I want 101 Reddit Corners, please. I'm not going to do that. It sounds kind of aggressive. I probably won't say anything to her other than, welcome back. Anyway, so where are we? We need to say thank you to our wonderful Patreons, of course. When you sign up to Patreon, not only will you be supporting the show and will you get your name sung as a thank you by little old me, hi. You'll also get access to over 200 hours of Patreon-only content. We put out two shows each and every week. One is me having a bit of a ramble, which, as you can tell, I like to do, caffeine-dependent. And the other, we try and stay on the paranormal. So, you know, there's a bit for everyone over there. But as I say, why do I keep saying as I say? But as I do say, there's over 200 hours. So if you want to binge anything slightly paranormal, I'd suggest you go and join. Head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Just like these wonderful new Patreons have. The guitar is well and truly out and we have two wonderful new Patreons this week. We have Sarah and Stephen T. And this little song is for you. Oh, Sarah and Stephen T, thank you for supporting me. I'm a little ghost show that's on the radio. Well, it's not the radio because it's a podcast show. Oh, Sarah and Stephen T, you don't know what it means to me. But you're helping keep the lights on and keeping the show going too. And I would just like to say thank you. End it on a seventh. You need to end everything on a seventh, even arguments. Anyway, thank you so much, guys. If you'd like to become a Patreon, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Now, I nearly said goats again. Anyway, now let's have a paranormal review, shall we? Yes, it's time to review something paranormal so that you don't have to review it for yourself and then tell yourself about it, because that would be utter madness. Anyway, this week I have watched... Is that like some sort of Harry Enfield character? This week I have mostly been watching... No, I've um, been watching a show on Netflix called Catler. Catler. K-A-T-L-A. And I would strongly recommend you check this out. It's very good. I'm not sponsored by any of these things, by the way. It's, um, the premise is that it's set in Iceland. And uh, there's a volcano going on a really severe volcano. And do you remember when there was that volcano a couple of years ago that, like, grounded flights in Europe 
I remember because my dad was holidaying in Portugal at the time and um, playing golf with his mates and his flight home was cancelled for like a week. So he had to stay on an extra week because there was um, volcanic ash in the sky. So anyway, volcano, Iceland, and there's like a safety zone perimeter that you can't enter sort of thing. And it's all beautifully shot. This is why I suggest checking it out. It's um, And apparently, even I think it's something like National Geographic or someone who's like a non-paranormal, completely science-based organisation have said like it's one of the best sort of taking the paranormal element out um, portrayals of what would happen in this situation. But you need to put the paranormal back in for the elements of the show. So um, there's all this dust settling. They're like, you know, oh, we can't breathe properly. We need to make sure we're doing everything right. And then from the mountain, walking across the ashy plains, is a naked lady covered in ash. And they're like, what? Anyway, it turns out, and this isn't a spoiler, but this ash appears to be able to bring people back to life. Um, so, for example, the woman, when the... This is a bit of a spoiler. If we hear noise in the background, it's because the neighbour's cat decided to try and do some gymnastics in the office whilst I'm recording. Thanks, at TNC. Anyway, this part is a bit of a spoiler. So, But it's in the first episode, so it's fine. And it might make you want to watch it. So, basically, when they wash down this woman who's covered in ash, she's like... Um, I know where I am, yes. I mean, you might have to subtitle some of it as well because it mixes between English and Icelandic, I believe. Anyway, she's like, I know where I am, yes. I, I work in the local hotel. And they're like, the hotel's been closed 20 years. And it turns out she last remembers going on a hike to the volcano 20 years before. But it gets much more weirder than that. And it's really beautifully shot. It really is. And you get really invested from like minute one. It's really good. It's really eerie because you can imagine Icelandic, like darkness, volcanic ash cloud. You know, it's just beautifully shot and very dark and gothic and eerie. So if you're into that sort of stuff and you like the idea of some sort of mystical volcanic ash that can raise corpses and also just to throw in a little bit of a swerve ball, not necessarily corpses. Anyway, um, give it a check out on Netflix. It's called Catla. Currently, I'm halfway through, two thumbs up to the sky. It may turn out to be terrible, in which case I'll amend this review. But for now, two thumbs up to the sky for Catla. <laughs> Hooray, it's time for my favourite part of the week, and I'm not even joking. I know it sounds like I say that at the, each time, but I, I do truly mean it, you know. I love reading your personal ghost stories because I'll have never heard them before, and it's always great, amazing to hear a new ghost story. That's why I do the show, My Love for the Ghosts. My love for the ghosties. Anyway, if you'll recall last week, we started with the tales of Natalie and we promised that we would read out for her birthday, which is today, happy birthday, Natalie, her final story that she sent through. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So this is Natalie's final story. Now for my last and favourite ghost story to tell. It happened in our first house. I'd received a Barbie doll for a gift. I don't know if it was for my birthday, but to keep it with the stories I've told last week, let's say it was Christmas. She was a computer Barbie that could talk. We had her little computer hooked up to ours, and through the program you could make her say your name and say things like, let's go shopping, or let's have a sleepover. Things young kids would say. A couple of months later, my sister and I were doing our homework in the living room. We were sitting against the back wall, and the Barbie was sitting on the front wall facing us. My dad had walked in and passed between us, heading towards the kitchen or garage. As soon as he passed that Barbie, she said, 
Papa, help me. He stopped dead in his tracks. My sister and I looked up from our homework. He looked at the two of us and asked, Did you just hear that? We shook our heads, yes. We were stunned. It's not supposed to say that. There's no way at my young age I could make her say that. As we were trying to gather our thoughts about it, my dog started letting off a very low, slow, deep growl while staring down our front door. You might be saying, well, that's normal for a dog, but not my Molly. In the ten years we had her, she'd only made a noise twice. This was one of them. It scared us. My dad went to look out the front door window to see what was outside. And there was a rough-looking guy, kind of like a gang-type person, crossing the street. But he was crossing the street in front of our house, going the opposite direction. We will never know who he was, or if he was going to cause any trouble at the house. But the way everything happened at the same time made us feel like something bad was going to happen but that our guardian angels were watching over us. Well, those are my stories of the paranormal happenings around me. I love Wintag and the Dark Paranormal. Sincerely, Natalie. Well, thank you very much, Natalie, for sending in your trio of tales, and I'm glad that we got to read out this one on your very birthday. But that's terrifying, isn't it? I've told you this, haven't I? I think we played it um, as a little bit of a Patreon extra the other week where Becca had a Furby. And it started going a bit nuts when the batteries were, I think, when the batteries went low. But either way, she left it in the hall as a child and sat like cowering in the living room because it was going like, anything like that, I just think, no. You know, this is the thing. I was talking to um, Brennan and Paul about Ouija boards and we were saying, would you allow one in the house and all this? And as we've long stated on this show, Becca won't allow me to have a Ouija board. I'm 43. But my point is she won't because she believes it affects you or can affect you greatly psychologically. And she thinks I'd be very prone to that. And she's quite right because, you know, you'd start forgetting things like the idiomotor effect where you're pushing it yourself and you don't realise. And soon enough, I'd be like, I can't go out. The board says not to. So um, she's quite right in that respect. But my point is these little toys that like, you know, like a Furby or like this computerised Barbie, what's the, what's the difference between a Ouija board and that? Do you know what I mean? It's still a tool of communication for any sort of spirit that may be wandering around. So I don't know whether... I See, I've always wanted... To, when I say I've always wanted... You know, like when you see on ghost hunting shows, they've got all those apps. I've got all the apps, but I want to get like some of the handheld devices they've got. You know, they've got like REM pods, they're called, and stuff like that. Stuff that goes off if there's someone in the proximity. But I know I'd freak myself out at the same time. So maybe what I should do for a little experiment is I should get like um, a load of these old 80s and 90s talking toys and leave them in a room and just see what happens. And if I'm sat downstairs one day and I hear, I'll be like, Let's burn the house down. Let's burn the house to the ground. So maybe I won't do that because we do need somewhere to live. But anyway, Natalie, happy birthday and thank you for sending in your tale. Next, we have an email from Christine. And just let me make sure I can use a name. Yes, I can. Hooray. Thank God for that. Anyway, it's called Weird Shit. And you know what? If there's something that's going to draw me in, it's a title like Weird Shit. Hi, Kevin. Hi. And hi, Becca. Hi. And TNC. She's too busy over there 
doing fucking gymnastics. Um, but she says hi anyway. You can use my story wherever you like, or not at all. I will use it, and I'll use it today. I just wanted to share this as I've been procrastinating on this for a year and a half. Okay. I absolutely love your shows. Why, thank you. And after binging all every episode twice on Spotify and all the Patreon episodes, I've ran out of content and discovered your music, which is insanely beautiful and amazing. Oh, God bless you. And I've binged that as well uh, to learn all the lyrics to the songs that I could find. You've unexpectedly become my favourite creator of all time. And so thank you so much. Oh, my God. Fucking hell. I, you know what? I don't pre-read these and uh, I didn't expect that. Thank you, Christine. I don't know what to do with praise. Um, thanks. I will go into my story now. I sincerely apologise for sending you such a long email and you don't have to include the part above on anything. Oh, I did. But you didn't say don't include. You said you don't have to include the part above on anything. And I did. But you know what? I'm going to sharpen my own sword. Thanks, Christine. That was bloody lovely of you. It's really giving me a boost to my day. And I sincerely mean that. From the bottom of my swinging brick, I truly do. Thank you. Anyway, let's get on with your story. You wonderful person. My new favourite person in the world, Christine. Let's get on with your story. My name is Christine. Ever since I can remember, I've always loved the idea of the supernatural. My grandma used to say her house was haunted, but I never saw anything. Just had a lot of weird feelings in certain parts of the house. It was her, though, that told my cousins and I from a young age that the world is not all black and white. And from a young age, my cousin and I decided we wanted to know more. I started out by playing the pencil game, Charlie Charlie, or using candles to try and contact spirits. That always worked, but I don't remember any answers that were relevant. I was obsessed with all things horror and the show called Supernatural, as I mentioned before in a different episode, since I was nine. I like to think that nothing scared me. Looking back now, I should never have been allowed to watch those things so young, but that is what it is. As I started to get older, around 12, I learned there was a possibility that magic was real. My cousin and I were inseparable, and so anything I learned about, she was included. We went on all sorts of creepy websites and tried to see if we could get any spells to work. They didn't, but through this, we learned about Ouija boards. So we, of course, made one. From the time we laid our hands on our first one, we were obsessed. It became a weekly activity. Every time we were together, we had to play with the board. Nothing significant ever happened in our Ouija sessions, but after a while, shit started to get really weird. It started small, glasses being knocked over, a pillow being thrown off the bed. Shit that we thought was actually pretty cool at the time. Like we'd made contact with the other side. But then something happened. I started to get feelings of being watched, constantly. I felt like I had a gigantic thing, for lack of a better word, attached to me at all times. Of course, I couldn't see it, but I could feel it, like I was never alone. The first time I realised we were fucking up was when I was walking to my cousin's house one day. There was a man in front of me walking his dog, and he stopped. He wasn't facing me, just letting his dog sniff around. I'd been behind him the whole walk, so I stopped about five feet back and waited for him to start walking again. It had been maybe 45 seconds, and he turned towards the house on the right. 
The house was lined with tall, skinny trees on the side closest to me. So when I turned, I was unable to see him for a second. I took five steps and looked to my right to make sure he wasn't trying to kidnap me or something. But he was gone. Just gone. There was absolutely no way he would be able to go anywhere without me seeing him. Or to get into that house that fast. I freaked out. I told my cousin and eventually just had to let it go. We continued playing with the Ouija board for another month, when the worst and most terrifying thing in my life happened. I was home at my parents, going to sleep in bed with my dog as I always did. This particular night, I had the worst feeling. I couldn't figure out why, but I felt so awful and terrified, much more so than usual. After a while, I just had to force myself to go to sleep. I've no idea what time, but at some point in the night, I woke up to movement. My dog was laying at my side, so I just assumed it was him. At this point, I realised I couldn't move, and I felt him moving again. From my right leg, I felt something go all the way up my right side. I then felt it slide underneath my back, almost like a snake, and I watched as my chest lifted up and went back down. It then slid down my left side. It was like this thing did a perimeter slither over my whole body. In the next second, I felt something grip my wrists, cross them and pin them against my chest. Now I could see it. It was a black figure with dead-looking and long fingernails. I was trying to kick, but it just grabbed my ankles and was laughing disgustingly. I couldn't move anything else, and now it had my legs and was moving my legs around almost to mock me. And then it was gone. My arms were still crossed over my chest, my legs still in the air. I've analysed that scene in my head over and over and come to the conclusion it couldn't have been sleep paralysis because quite obviously you can't move your body during that. I told my dad, and he said it sounds like I was attacked by a demon, and that I needed to stop letting evil shit in my head. He prayed with me, and while I'm not a believer in God now, I do believe in the power of human belief. I took that as a warning, never to fuck around with that shit again. After that, I didn't play with any of that stuff anymore. However, I have had a few more experiences since. The next thing that happened was when I was 17. My mother never believed in anxiety and depression, and I was suffering to the point where I'd been self-harming, and I was extremely suicidal. My mum finally let me go to my first therapy session, in which I broke down immediately, and within the next hour, I was taken to a hospital to be admitted. I wasn't on any meds, I wasn't seeing things, I was just really depressed. My first night in the hospital, I was alone. I didn't have a roommate, it was just me in the room. It was a big room and I looked around for a few seconds before laying down on the bed. I tried to read my book but I couldn't, so I just fell asleep. Now, I'd only been in this room for ten minutes before laying on the bed. I've never seen this room before this night. I just got here. While sleeping, all of a sudden, I started rising up 
like floating. I looked down and I saw my own body on the bed. I looked around the room and then I felt something grab me and spin me around. I couldn't see anything, but then I felt hands around my throat and I was pinned against the wall over my sleeping body. It felt so real. I felt like I couldn't breathe because something was choking me. Then I shot up in bed, waking up or coming back or whatever. Everything I saw in that state was exactly as the room was. Exactly. I didn't sleep at all for the rest of the night. I'm almost 100% sure I astrally projected, and that terrified me. Luckily, the next night, I got a roommate, and it didn't happen again. The next instance happened whilst I was staying with my boyfriend, now fiancé, when I was 20. He usually opens for his job, so he has to leave by 4.30am to get there by 5. At the beginning, I was always waking up with him to walk out and kiss him goodbye. I did this routinely, as always. I walked him out, kissed him goodbye and locked the door. I would then go and go to sleep on the couch in the living room until I had to go to work at nine. So, you can imagine my surprise after watching him drive off when he walked back inside a bit later. I said, you text me that you made it to work five minutes ago. No answer. He walked past me on the couch on the way to the bedroom. I said, baby, are you okay? What's going on? I was washed over with a terrible feeling and I just knew, I just knew that was not my boyfriend. To not use his name, let's call him Dean. What's happening? You're not Dean. I was standing a few feet back and he turned around. From top to bottom, it looked just like him. And then he smiled an unnatural smile and in Dean's voice said, Yeah, but I look like him, don't I? Then he rushed at me and I was back on the couch. I opened my eyes and thought I was dreaming, but I still had the same horrible feeling. With my head still facing down, I then heard footsteps, walking very slowly on the carpet, all around the couch. I heard them start to come closer, and I opened my eyes again. Maybe I was dreaming, but waking up three times, I wasn't sure what the fuck was real anymore. So I just sat up until I had to go to work. Not really sure what to make of that one, but it was horrible. Now, my fiancé and I live in a different apartment. I've been listening to your podcast for a long time now, and you are what made me get back into the paranormal. And I've started having a few things happen. Very small, but strange feelings. Things going missing. Ripping the house apart only to find it in the middle of the floor where it wouldn't have possibly been missed. The last thing happened a few weeks ago. My fiancé and I went out on the porch to have a cigarette before he went to work. We left the door unlocked, and when we tried to go back inside, somehow, with no one else inside, the deadbolt was locked. We couldn't get inside. It's the one you have to physically move to latch over the door and can only be done from the inside. We had to rip out the screen and get in through a window of our own place. We tried to replicate how in the hell that could happen, but we just couldn't recreate it. We put that down to a jot 
and I hope that nothing else happens. I'm so sorry this was so long. Please feel free to cut it short or move things around or fix my grammar, or not use it at all. I've been wanting to share this for a long time, and it just feels really great to get it off my chest, and hopefully be shared in a community who will not look at me like I'm insane. Thank you for all you do, Kevin. You've truly changed my life. Christine. Bloody hell, Christine. What a lovely thing to say, and I don't know how to, when somebody says something like that, I don't know what to do. I just feel like juggling or something and distracting. But anyway, getting to your actual paranormal experiences there, wow, no thank you very much. I mean, you know what's very interesting about that as well is your description of astral projection in terms of being terrified the fact it happened in the first instance. I can relate to because as everyone knows on the show by now, as I've told many people who will listen, the same story when I was 17 years of age, or was I 16? Don't know. One of the two, no, I was 17, um, I astrally projected. And it was terrifying and I didn't sleep for a week afterwards because it happened when I didn't want or expect it to happen, despite the fact that I'd read a book on how to do it. Anyway, you all know that story. But Christine, that is a series of events which, if they happen to me personally, I don't know what I'd do. So well done you. You're exceptionally brave for going through such things. And the whole idea of, you put, you make a good point there when you say you don't believe in a God, but you believe in the power of human belief. Or you said something similar to that. And I'm of the same mindset, in all honesty. Same with magic. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, is that I think a lot of spells, you know, if there's like um, a spell for confidence, for example, and that spell requires you to do X, Y, Z, or it requires you to paint a sigil on the back of your hand. I don't think necessarily it's magic in the way of like, woo, things, you know, like as in um, things materialize and then all this carry on. But I do think that the action of doing these rituals or spells brings out something in you that you've always had. It unlocks something in you. So that's the magic, you know. Technically, there's no magic as such, but there is some, you, you've been able to pull some part of you out that wasn't accessible unless you'd done that ritual sort of thing. Um, you know, very interesting topic, I do believe. We covered a Mitch Horowitz book a couple of episodes ago, and he's an exceptional writer on the topic of this, the idea that the magic's within yourself. And when we say magic, I don't want anyone listening, as I say, to think of like, hubble, bubble, boil and travel, frog of newt and eye of spute and all this. Um, it, he talks about, you know, drawing the, the, the key elements out of yourself, things which are locked away in your personality that you can draw upon. And I find that whole thing fascinating. You know, the idea that you can instantly become confident in something because of X, Y, Z. Darren Brown does it all the time. Darren Brown proves that this version of magic is real. You know, that's why he's able to make people like rob a bank by hearing a certain sound. Or he can program the mind to make you feel exceptionally confident when you hear a certain noise or when he claps his hands. So it's almost like a self-hypnosis thing, this version of magic. And by the way, every time I'm saying magic, I'm doing like little bunny rabbit ears with my hands, but you can't see that. But just so you know, for a visual effect. Oh, and also within that experience that we've just had from Christine, she mentions the phrase jot. For any new listeners or those who don't know, I'm sure you all do know, but by jot, she means just one of those things. Okay, just to get you up to speed with the terminology that we use here on the show. And it's um, a phrase that was coined by an author named Mary Rose Barrington, I think. She released a book called Just One of Those Things. And the premise behind it is 
that we all experience paranormal events, but they may happen so infrequently, we put it down to just one of those things. So for example, once a year, your keys may disappear and then reappear somewhere where you can't recall why you'd ever put them there. But because it's not surrounded by anything else, that's paranormal. You say it's just one of those things and you crack them with your day, when in reality, you may have just experienced the paranormal. It's a really interesting take. So um, well done for including that in your story as well, Christine. Educating as we go. Anyway, there won't be time for a Reddit corner, which I'm kind of happy about, to be honest. I always threaten at the start, we may do a Reddit corner with me voicing it, but it just doesn't feel right. And also, I'd have to put the intro in, which says, with Becca, and I'd have to replace that with, with me. And that was funny when I'd done it with Jim Harold, but it's not funny when I do it with me. Anyway, I'm going to let you all go for this week. Um, I have a neighbour's cat to be dealing with, who's exceptionally energetic for this time of the morning. And uh, yeah, so I'll speak to you all next week. If you're a Patreon, I'll speak to you through the week, of course. And if you're not, I'll speak to you next week. It's all okay. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. And I'll speak to you then. Tatty bye.